It's the next level. The battle for the mind of North America will be fought in the video arena. The video drone. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, whatever appears on the television screen emerges as raw experience for those who watch it. Therefore, television is reality, and reality is less than television. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. and coarse language intended for adult audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Just quickly, guys, a small note from me uh, regarding the world we live in and, you know, despite the nature of this show, the show What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, um, on behalf of myself and this show, uh, even I, I'd go as far as to say on behalf of the Next Level Network, uh, please understand that this show stands as a means of entertainment. Uh, despite the sometimes controversial nature of the show, in no way do I actually condone violence, um, nor do I condone government or societal oppression as well. Uh, there's a lot of unnecessary bullshit going on in the world right now. And some of that bullshit has been going on for way too long. And I'm talking astronomically too fucking long. The show will continue on for entertainment's sake and as a means for people to escape for a bit. You know, listen to a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about, talk about movies. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I mean, seriously, it, I critique these movies and I've I've said it before. You know, I, I critique these things out of fun, out of entertainment. Um you know, people put a lot of hard work into these movies, and I understand that. I may have an opinion about a movie. That doesn't mean I'm right. I may say I hate people. You know, and I I, I say it a lot. Uh, <laughs> 72 episodes and a few, and uh, I'm pretty sure I've uttered those words quite a few times on this show. The truth of the matter is, is that if I really actually truly hated people, I wouldn't be doing this show. Uh, I do this show to entertain people, to put something out there for people to enjoy. Um, I might be critical of a movie, but being my opinions on a movie are really irrelevant compared to a lot of greater things in this world. Uh, few, few people ever actually deserve the hate. Uh, most do not at all. Uh, just through the means of language and communication, it's easier to lump it all into one sum than to separate the right from the wrong, the good from the bad, and the wrong side of the right or the left. Um, basically, what I want to say is, is that as much as I crack my jokes and I'm a witty little asshole on this show, none of that is ever meant seriously. Um, I, that's why I talk about these movies, because these movies are... A means of escape. Um, the real world is scary as it is. So I just wanted to put that out there because the show disappeared for a few weeks and that's kind of why. Because things have gotten very ugly in our world. Uh, there is a lot of anger and a lot of hatred going around right now. I didn't want to come off as insensitive. I, I'm going to crack jokes. I'm going to say a lot of weird shit on this show because I'm talking about horror movies and science fiction movies that are bizarre and they're fucked up and they're supposed to be. That's they're 
that's their purpose. Um, but in terms of the real world, I don't condone what's going on. Uh, there is a lot that needs to change. And on that note, I, I, it's time to move on to the actual show. I just wanted to get that piece out there and that said. So, now let's get into the fun shit. Coming to you from the dead and foaming mouth of the postmortem one himself. And from the Next Level Network of Podcasts and Studio Zero. The new flesh comes in the form of Betamax tapes and a hot Deborah Harry. Welcome back, boils and ghouls, to What What Lurks Behind behind Podcast Podcast Zero. Zero. And as I already said, I'm your host, Postmortem Paul. This week, traveling back to 1983 uh, for a listener request. Listener request uh, is the review of the week. Um, Good friend of the podcast, Jacob Allen, a few weeks back made comments about this um, movie and I thought, you know what? I'm going to take you up on it, bud. So, from the macabre mind of Mr. David Cronenberg, a little Canadian ditty known as Videodrome. Um, Yeah, request from Jacob. So, first, just before... I I should just start these things and go straight into the review, but never. Um, No, because I like to talk. Uh... (laughs) And uh, I'm going to talk about someone who else who else likes to talk. Um, quickly, Joe Bob Briggs, Darcy the Mail Girl. Um, I might add Darcy the Mail Girl, uh, Diana Prince, whatever you want to call her. Uh, she has her own podcast as well called Geek Talk. I just recently started listening to it. Really good. Thought I'd mention that. Anyways, um, this past weekend, they did the movies Mayhem and Tetsuo the Iron Man. God, I love Tetsuo. Such a great fucking movie. Um, but the week before, I thought it was really cool what they did. And this, this is the only reason why I'm bringing this up. Because they aired the movie Cannibal Holocaust. And Cannibal Holocaust is not an easy movie to watch. It's pretty rough. It's pretty ugly. Um, and for some of us, uh, very unwatchable for the fact that animals were actually killed during the filming of that movie. That was really cool what Shudder did, last drive-in. So they've released, you can watch it on demand, you can watch the movie with the commentary, or you can just watch the commentary. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I know it seems like I talk a lot about Shudder and last drive-in on my show. I'm not going to lie, it's kind of a big part of my life. But the thing is, is also, is that I find that Shudder... Shugger. Shugger. What the hell is Shugger? Chugger. <sighs> See, my whole thing is when I do podcasting, I try to talk too fast because I try to keep these shows within a certain time limit. And when I talk too fast, weird words come out. I should just slow down. <laughs> Never. Um, anyone that's talked with me knows that I talk really fast. Um, but anyways, uh... My point was uh, with Shutter that I thought it was really cool. They're doing things on their streaming network that other streaming services are not doing yet. And I thought that was really cool, and that's why I wanted to mention that in the first place. On Shugger. <laughs> I'm going to call this episode, instead of calling it Episode 73 Videodrome, I'm going to call it Episode 73 Shugger. Um, Sugar! Hey, there we go. It's a song by System of Down. Anyways, so the last couple weeks took a break from TV and movie binging, although the last maybe day or so I really went on a movie binge, but for the most part I've been playing a lot of the Arkham games on my computer. I played those. I finished Cloud Punk, by the way. Um, Also, let's see, so so far I've completed Arkham Origins, Arkham City, currently working on Arkham Asylum right now, and I'm halfway through Arkham Knight, so... Needless to say, I like those Arkham games, and that's what I've been doing. Um, in terms of thrift store shopping, VHS tape binging, and purchasing and whatnot, I did recently uh, score From Beyond on VHS, finally. I got it through eBay. Um, unfortunately, thrift stores in Windsor are still closed. So, 
I cannot go thrift store shopping, which I'm not going to lie, probably with this whole pandemic thing, that's probably the only part of life that has changed for me, is that I can't go thrift store shopping, and I do miss it. I'm not going to lie. I miss looking up VHS tapes and, you know, just like, I don't know, it was always something I did by myself, and you guys know I don't like large crowds and thrift stores don't have large crowds so I like it I can go in there and you know take my time looking through VHS tapes and whatnot I haven't been able to do that but I did like I said I scored from beyond on VHS uh, through eBay and fairly cheap too it wasn't wasn't expensive at all Um, I have a few other movies on their way that I've also scored Um, hardware I finally got that one on VHS uh, well, not. I don't have it yet. It's in the mail. But that's one that is on its way. What else? Uh, Ninja 3, <laughs> The Domination. I will now have on VHS again. I used to have it years ago. Actually, it was a dubbed copy, but I still had it. Um, but yeah. So I have that on the way. There's one other one, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, Swamp Thing. Duh. Um. Yeah, I I managed to find a copy of the Embassy home video release of Swamp Thing. Very cheap as well, so... Yeah, but I do miss thrift store shopping, seriously. It was the way to go, and unfortunately, it was just announced even today in Windsor, Ontario. You know, stage two of reopening things not happening yet. So, it is what it is. I mean, it's the world we live in, right? Anyways, hey, uh, how about we do a trailer timeout? Let's uh, make this, you know, bleak episode seem a little bit happier now. We'll we'll lead into this week's movie review, which, like I said, was uh, a listener request from Jacob um, from 1983, starring James Woods, Deborah Harry, uh, special effects of the one, the great Rick Baker. Uh, Long live the new flesh, kids. Uh, Because, uh... Videodrome by David Cronenberg. Back in a splat, kids. Why did you watch it, Max? Business reasons. Sure. What about the other reasons? Max Wren is a victim. I woke up with a headache. He has been exposed to Videodrome. I've been hallucinating for a while, ever since... What? Since I first saw Videodrome. His brain is already receiving video images. I think that massive doses of Videodrome signal will ultimately produce and control hallucination to the point that it will change human reality. Soon, his visions will coalesce and become uncontrollable flesh. Videodrome is seducing Max Wren. Please, come to me now. Come to Nikki. And Max Wren can do nothing to stop it. What makes you think I need help? None of our test subjects has returned to normality. Television can change your mind. Videodrome will change your body. Long live the new flesh. It will shatter your reality. Videodrome. Videodrome. Starring Deborah Harry and James Woods. A shocking new vision from the creator of Scanners. Coming soon to a theater near you from Universal Pictures. All right, so that trailer you just heard? That just played the trailer timeout for Videodrome. Yeah, did you know that the majority of that trailer was made using a Commodore 64 computer? Hashtag the more you know. All right. Actually, quickly, before we get into the movie, while I'm talking old tech and whatnot, June 7th, that just passed, was National uh, VCR Day. That's kind of why I took a break from gaming when I said earlier how I you know, was playing all the Arkham games and whatnot. It's kind of why I took a break yesterday and watched a bunch of movies. I watched, uh, let's see, 
I actually watched the From Beyond VHS tape, plus I watched Godzilla vs. Mothra. Well, the actual title for that movie is Mothra vs. Godzilla, but the American version was Godzilla vs. Mothra. Same, same thing, right? Um, uh, there was something else I watched. Oh, uh, this morning I watched uh, my <laughs> Skinny Puppy video collections. It's on VHS. It was uh, all their videos from 1984 to 1992, right up to Killing Game. None of the stuff after, but I watched that, yeah. Because National VCR Day, right? So celebrate your VCRs. Okay. It's actually kind of staying within the theme because Videodrome does deal with videotapes. Um, Videodrome, again, like I said, I'm going to say it one more time. Um, it's a listener request. Thank you, Jacob, for requesting this. Videodrome, a David Cronenberg film, was released February 4th, 1983. Uh, was also known by the titles of Zone Killer and Network of Blood. Net, uh, both of those were working titles, uh, but Network of Blood was the working title in Canada during the time of filming. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Network of Blood sounds really awesome. Um, I like Videodrome. I like the title they went with, but Network of Blood sounds awesome. I, I, I'm not going to lie. That's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Written and directed by David Cronenberg. I've said his name a couple times already this episode. Um, and I mean, Cronenberg has done movies like Rabid, The Brood, Scanners, The Fly, History of Violence, Existence, Crash. Uh, he also was an actor. He's uh, He was an actor in Nightbreed. Uh, and he was also in Jason X. Uh, I believe there was a couple other acting roles he had. I didn't write them down. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, produced by, and I hope I get his last name right, Claude Heroux, um, French guy. Um, I'm not saying that, in, you know, in a negative way. I'm part French myself. Just, he's a French dude. Um, uh, he also worked on Scanners and the Brood. So he's worked with Cronenberg. Uh, cinematography by Mark Irwin. Uh, Irwin actually, uh, he worked with both, uh, Cronenberg and Wes Craven. He worked uh, on Scream and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and then also did The Brood and Scanners for, uh, David Cronenberg. So he's worked with two of the greats, you know, Craven and Cronenberg. The music, the music was done by Howard Shore, which... If you are a fan of the Lord of the Rings films or the Hobbit films, obviously you know this man's name. Uh, iconic, iconic soundtracks for both Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Uh, the Hobbit, I mean, obviously, did we need three long movies like that? No, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy is like pretty much perfect. Howard Shore also worked on The Brood, Scanners, Dogma, The Fly, Miss Doubtfire, Silence of the Lambs. He's got like 96 composer credits currently, so he's done a lot of work. A lot of work. Special effects. Special effects is my... Um, I have to focus on this for a couple seconds. Because the special effects were done by Rick Baker. Rick Baker, uh, exceptional special effects wizard he was uh uncredited on the exorcist i think that's a shame should have credited him but they didn't he also worked on films like gremlins 2 hellboy star wars and empire strikes back the howling and american werewolf in london so he's done two of the great werewolf movies he did the two best star wars films he also uh, worked on It's Alive, It Lives Again, and It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive. So he did that whole trilogy of films. Uh, he worked with John Carpenter on Starman, uh, with Toby Hooper on The Funhouse. <sighs> Batman Forever. Yeah, but let's, let's be honest. Batman Forever isn't Batman and Robin, right? So Batman Forever still has some credibility to it i mean why robin is a 30 year old man i, I don't understand but well, 
we'll move past that. Uh, Rick Baker also worked on Escape from L.A., The Incredible Melting Man, etc., etc. You get the point. He's worked on a lot of shit. I really like to highlight Empire Strikes Back. Because of all the Star Wars films, that is my favorite. I feel it is the greatest film in the whole Star Wars universe. I know a lot of people are high on, like, you know, Rogue One and, well, Rogue One. (laughs) Nobody else really focuses on any of the other movies. I mean, the original Star Wars, um, which I know the, the kids today, they call it A New Hope. Uh, when I was growing up, it was Star Wars. There was no uh, New Hope. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Rick Baker, one of the greats. And now we're going to move on to our starring cast. Our starring cast, the cast of characters, the actors who played these roles. And one thing about this movie that is kind of nice, there's not a long cast of characters. Uh, I think I've got... maybe seven, eight names to go through, and that's it. Um, Yeah, with this film specifically, Cronenberg really kept the the numbers down in terms of the actors that were in the film. I kind of like that. So we'll start off with our starring male, um, James Woods as Max Wren. Now, James Woods... I'm not going to get into his political shit. Um, If you have followed James Woods on Twitter, you know what he's like on Twitter. Leave it there. Um, (laughs) Very exhausting, let's put it that way. But as an actor, and in this movie, he's amazing. So we're going to stay in the positive light of things. James Woods is Max Wren. Now, James Woods also has been... uh, He's worked with John Carpenter in the movie Vampires. Um... A good movie from the 80s, uh, Against All Odds. Kind of a drama, not really a romance. Well, there's romance, but I mean, there's romance in everything. There's romance in this. I mean, so I'm not going to sit there and like knock it for that. But Against All Odds is a pretty good drama uh, from the, what was it, 1984, I think? I think it's 84. I could be wrong on that. But I know it came after this. Um, he was also in Cat's Eye. Stephen King flick. Um, he was in the movie The Hard Way, Any Given Sunday, which I fucking love him in that movie. Oh, he is so good in that movie. Uh, he plays a dick. That's what James Woods is known for. He's playing a dick. But he plays it awesome. He was also in Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. And he's been very well known for like Disney uh, Disney fame in the Hercules role of Hades, and Hades has shown up in like also like Kingdom Hearts and uh, all these like basically anywhere where there's like a Disney property that has dealt with Hercules or Hades, he's been the voice of Hades. So, uh, moving on to Deborah Harry or Debbie Harry, as uh, most people would know her from the the band Blondie, she plays Nikki Brand. Um, as a matter of fact, she didn't have many acting roles aside from this, but I mean, again, Debbie Harry is known as, you know, the, the blonde lead of, uh, the band Blondie. So in this movie, she dyed her hair. That's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, she's normally a, a, a blonde in Blondie. Go figure. Right. Um, Sonia Smits. Sonia Smits plays uh, Bianca Oblivion. She's uh, Brian Oblivion's daughter. Uh, she was mainly a TV actress. I thought this was kind of cool. This was a cool note to to um, to pick up on. Was she was in the uh, Canadian cable? Uh, it, it, I believe it was Showcase in Canada that had the show called Rent a Goalie. And the reason why Rent a Goalie is like kind of Notable is because Stephen Amell, who would later on go on to, you know, be the Green Arrow uh, in the show Arrow for eight seasons. Uh, that's where it was one of his first roles was on the show rent So she worked with him on that. So that, that was kind of cool. I thought it was worth uh, noting. Peter Dvorsky as Harlan. 
He uh, also worked on The Dead Zone, and he was in the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Uh, Les Carlson as Barry Convex. And it was kind of weird. I, I always growing up as a kid, whenever I watched this movie, I always thought he was saying his name was Barry Convex. And I was like, 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 as in like a convict, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until like maybe about a good three, four years ago, I only discovered that his last name was actually Convex. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Anyways, I thought it was kind of funny. He was inspired by the crazed nut job, the televangelist Jim Baker. Yeah, that's who he was. This is his character was inspired by. Um, he was also in uh, Black Christmas from 1974. What am I talking about? It's the only Black Christmas. Uh, he was in Deadly Harvest. He was in The Dead Zone and The Fly. Finally, Jack Creeley as Brian Oblivion. Um... A lot of TV work, a lot of TV work, and he did. He sadly he passed away in 2004 uh, in Toronto, Ontario. But highlights: Police Academy three and Police Academy four. Now I'll be honest with you. In my personal opinion, Police Academy four is the last good one. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that liked five and six and whatnot. Um, for me, the first four are the only Police Academies worth it. That's my opinion. Um, finally, one last acting credit, just because uh, David Cronenberg himself plays Max Wren as well, except it's in a scene when you don't see his face. Um, there's the scene in the movie where uh, Max is the character of Max is supposed to wear that giant like VR um, the hallucin the hallucination uh, recorder machine. That's going to record his hallucinations and whatnot. James Woods didn't feel comfortable wearing that helmet. So David Cronenberg did it for him. And so, yeah, so Cronenberg kind of acts in this film as well. Um, just basically wearing the, the helmet on his head. The movie was rated R for sex and nudity, violence, scenes of torture and gore, profanity, frightening and intense scenes, and alcohol, drugs, and smoking. And also uh, was rated R for the consumption of Betamax tapes through the abdomen, uh, which kind of looked like a vaginal opening in James Wood's stomach. Uh, more on that in a bit. First, though, let's get into the synopsis. And it's basically this, kids. The synopsis of this film, it's its a confusing movie. I'm not going to lie. It's confusing. About a sleazy TV programmer, played by James Woods, who comes upon this show called Videodrome. It hooks him, and because of its edgy content, he wants to add it to his lineup of broadcasting. He's like the, you know, uh, he's a TV programmer of like a, a pirate TV station, I guess. Uh, and he wants to add this show to his lineup of shows on his station. Uh, he also has a girlfriend of sorts that's played by Debbie Harry. Uh, she auditions for the show but never returns. She never comes home after auditioning for it. So through James Wood's hallucinations and somewhat investigations, I guess if you want to call it that, he enters a world of mind-tripping realities of torture, videotape, and obsession. It's a Cronenberg creation that challenges the ideas of reality versus illusion, the overconsumption of visual media, and whether James Woods really has a penis or a vagina. Uh, because there's some fucked up imagery as well with like this like gun. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And like at one point, there's even like a part in the movie where like the gun enters the like hole in his stomach that looks like a giant vagina so like are we are we talking like visual media equals sex like what the fuck is going on i don't know it's got some weird fucking imagery um if you know what i mean and i think you do uh the thing with this movie as stated in the actual dialogue it has a philosophy but if you expect anyone to fully grasp that philosophy Good fucking luck on that one. <laughs> so, notes from the new flesh. 
because this movie is like fucking weird. It it's it's weird. It's intriguing. Uh, definitely pull you in. Um, Canadian fun fact though. So because this movie is Canadian and there's a lot of like it, it's kind of cool. Like okay, for example, the TV station. Uh, Civic TV, you know, it starts at the beginning of the movie. Civic TV, Channel 83, I think it is, uh, was basically uh, patterned or fashioned after City TV. City TV um, is a Toronto uh, TV station. Uh, at one point, it was like Cable 57, um, at least in the Windsor area. It, it's It started off in Toronto anyways. Um and uh <laughs> the 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 one thing about city tv uh especially back in the um the 80s and early 90s and whatnot they were known for uh showing uh, softcore sex films uh late night uh, if you turned on city tv at like two in the morning you could usually watch some like italian like soap opera and shit like that and i don't know if you're familiar with european soap operas but there's no such thing as sexual boundaries like they just fucking go and they do whatever they want i'm not gonna lie as a teenage teenager teenage boy growing up yeah i knew about all this shit and yeah there were times when i turned it on just to see exactly how far they would go and what i could see and yeah Anyways, so in this movie, one of Max Ren's character, like his his partners, I should say, the, the character's name is Moses. Um, City TV's founder uh, was known as Moses Zanabier. Zanabier. I can never say this poor guy's last name. Zanabier. It's, okay, Z-N-A-I-M-E-R. <laughs> And I'm Canadian, and he's it's a famous name in Canada. We all know this guy's name. Uh, most of us call him Moses. But um, he was also responsible for a lot on Much Music and uh, CHCH, which was another Canadian network. Um, a lot of like the, tr- the stations out of Toronto, Moses had something to do with. So in this movie, they ca- one of the like, side characters... Um, basically a guy that has like i think like 30 seconds of screen time his name was moses um and while we're sticking with actors and whatnot let's talk about the acting in this movie uh james woods james woods is solid uh he's a lot of fun to watch he's playing a dick what what else does james woods do um he's playing he's playing a typical james woods character but it works in this film um, and I'm completely okay with this. Uh, he has a lot of quippy lines and whatnot. Um, he's got that smirk on his face that, you know, you kind of just want to smack it off his face. But at the same time, like it, it just, it, 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 it works. His character works. Um, in terms of Debbie Harry, Deborah Harry, um, she's hot, sexy. Um, you know, here's the thing. So this was basically her first acting role. Aside from doing music videos for the band Blondie, this was her actually, you know, with lines and with a purpose and all that sort of shit. And she doesn't overact. At the same time, she acts just strong enough that it sticks. So, like, I mean, she's playing like a masochistic girlfriend. There's one part where like like Max Ren like Max is like like piercing her ears with like a pin and stuff like that and it, it's you know it turns her on and they have sex while he's doing it and stuff like that and like so she's like she's very masochistic she's into pain she's into you know she burns herself with a cigarette at one point and stuff like that uh but she does it very classy um She's a little underused in the film, if you ask me. Like, basically, after she auditions and she doesn't return, I think you see her like in a videotape like performance, and that's about it. Um, I mean, aside from being underused, though, I can't complain about her. Like, she she's her. The thing is, is that the the relationship between her and James Woods has to work in order for this film to work, and it does. So. 
I can't complain. Everyone else in the film works. To be fair, like there really, there really is no one in this film that's like stands out as horrible or anything like that. The acting is not a problem with this film at all. Um, I mean, in actuality, there really isn't many problems with this film, um, except that it's confusing as fuck. If you, <laughs> I mean, let me put it to you this way: if you miss, like, for your first time viewing, you miss a scene, you're fucked. Uh, good luck. Um, the thing is, is that like it, it's a confusing movie, but I mean, it's not impossible to understand what's going on. You'll apply, you, like, you'll have to apply some thought, though. And if 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 you want a movie where you just sit back and you watch like a killer kill, or you know, you watch sex or whatever, like whatever you're tuning in for, if you want a, a film that you don't have to think, this is not your film <laughs> because this is typical Cronenberg. Um, it's gonna he's gonna make you think. Uh, you know, I can't remember where I heard it, and I'm pretty sure it was like another podcast somewhere. Uh, but basically. With Cronenberg films, sometimes they're almost too complex. He likes to really push the boundaries, and he likes to really make you think about what you're watching. But sometimes he can push so far that it's almost like he's sniffing his own farts and getting high off of them. Um, and I, like I said, I can't remember where I heard that quoted. I'm pretty sure it was another podcast, but like basically, yeah, like... With Cronenberg, Cronenberg does a lot of great things in movies, but sometimes he goes too far. Um, this film, the thing is, is like, I mean, like I get the idea, for example, like the consumption of visual media um, and the effect of, you know, consuming too much, the sad truth that people become a- addicted to it. I mean, it, my generation, especially generation like X, if you want to call us that, I, I hate the labels, but whatever. Um, we were very addicted to TV. Um, like everything was like, like not so much myself. There was a, there was a time period where like, I really walked away from watching too much TV and stuff like that. But I mean, there are, there are people that I've grown up with that can quote, anything and everything from their time era and they remember every episode of every show i wish i was that good i'm not um a lot a lot of these like episodes that i do for the podcast i have to research shit and i have to rewatch movies i don't i don't have that solid of a memory i remember things i remember how movies made me feel and whatnot but when it comes to movie quotes and shit like that like I'm not that consumed into visual media, but there are people who, you know, who do go down that rabbit hole and that's the end of it. Um, so, and I, and getting back to my point of this is that I understand where that theme plays into this movie. Um, but the thing is, is that it also can happen with any type of media when you think about it. I mean, whether it be music, uh, TV, movies, uh, gaming, you know, uh, especially video gaming like video gaming has become like quite an addiction for people and i get it i mean there's times like like i was just saying like at the beginning of this episode you know like for a while there like i backed away from movies and and tv and whatnot and you know went down that gaming rabbit hole and <laughs> killed off two and a half batman games and like you know a two week period it's easy to go down that rabbit hole and i get it and i understand that aspect in this movie um but it's still confusing there are still times you're watching this and that's the thing too like you watch this movie even if you read the synopsis first and you're like okay i got it i know what i'm watching within the first 10 minutes of the movie you're like did i miss something like it just it can get like that um Moving past that, though, and on to the music, the music of Howard Shore, as always, very well thought out. Um, it's kind of cool because he mixes like um, live orchestral music with electronic and digital music. And as um, the cool thing about the film is as the film goes on, the music gets darker because, you know, Max is going deeper down the rabbit hole and he's he's becoming you know, a more darker individual being pulled more into the effects of the video drum and whatnot. 
and the music represents that. So Howard Shore put a lot of like mental thought into that, and it really shows. Um, again, the special effects, a goddamn bread and butter. Of this movie, uh, you you might be confused as fuck with the story, but the special effects are they'll keep you hooked. <laughs> you are in for a treat. Um, I mean, just some of the scenes, like uh, being uh, Max being sucked into the TV set. Um, there, I mentioned about the gun. There's like it's like a cyberpunk kind of looking gun, hand flesh creation thing. Like basically, the gun is a part of Max's hand, and it it symbolizes that he has the gun sealed to his being and in the end this will seal his fate as well at least that's how i take it you know being that he's like tied to the fate of a gun um the vagina in the gut uh is it symbolizing anything <laughs> maybe something to the extent of we are what we fuck i don't know um I hear so much when the guys will be like, oh, I eat what I am what I eat and all this yeah what okay whatever um but James Woods has got this thing in his stomach, and, you know, it just looks like a fucking giant vagina that's like, feed me more, and it's, it's, it's fucking weird. It looks awesome. I'm not going to lie. It looks fucking amazing. Uh, Barry Convex, when he dies, uh, his death is uh, gloriously gory and fun. Um, it's like, you know, the flesh inside of him is just dying from the cancer within. Like, it's it's so fucking cool. Uh, the snuff-like images of Videodrome itself uh, kind of remind me of uh, Cradle of Fear, the, the 2000 film that uh, was done with the band, uh, band members of Cradle of Filth. Uh, there's the, the, I think it's like the fourth segment in the film called The Sick Room. Uh Kind of reminds me of that. Videodrome reminds me of that. Um, three different endings were filmed for this, uh, but the ending that we see is the idea that James Woods came up with. So, um, I don't know. This, this movie is... It's weird, but it's interesting. It's intriguing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the movie is currently standing uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's standing at an 80% fresh. Uh, which is like that's that's fucking solid, man. Like um, IMDb, it's at a seven point two out of ten, seven being the common rating, and then eight. Um, so you can see where it like it kind of varies in there and whatnot. Um, just like kind of quotes like that, like explain the movie, I guess. Like it's visually audacious, disorienting, and just plain weird. Yes. Um. Videodrome's musings on technology, entertainment, and politics still still feel fresh today. Which, like I was saying, like you know, the idea of you know overconsumption of media and whatnot is very relevant today. Just it's not necessarily TV or you know movies anymore. Now it's it it's you know it can be video games, it can be VR, even you know what I mean. Like people like get addicted to something, and that's the end of it. Like they they're stuck in that world for years on end and whatnot. Um. It's also been labeled as a disturbing techno surrealist film. Um, I guess that's kind of a good way of, you know, describing this. Uh, is the movie's a little dated? I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, it's still <laughs> for what it does. It, yes, it is a disturbing film. Um, just a few quotes. Trace Thurman of Bloody Disgusting listed it as one of the one of eight uh, horror movies that were ahead of their time. Definitely, definitely ahead of its time. Gary Arnold of the Washington Post gave the film a negative review, calling it simultaneously stupefying and boring. Okay, I guess it was too confusing for him. Um, which again, though, like even though it's confusing, like the the fucking special effects are amazing. Like you you want to watch just to see what's going to happen next, kind of thing. Um, Roger Ebert. Okay, so he said, and I quote: I, I pulled the exact quote of what Roger Ebert gave this movie because this is funny. The characters are bitter and hateful. The images are nauseating, and the ending is bleak enough that when the screen fades to black, it's a relief. 
Videodrome, whatever its qualities, has got to be one of the least entertaining films of all time. He gave it a 38 out of 100. Let that sit for a moment. And while you do, I'll give you the podcast zero rating. So, it's a Cronenberg film. I'm going to say that right now. And with Cronenberg, sometimes it can be considered a hit and sometimes a miss. Videodrome is more a hit than it is a miss for me, though. I'm definitely going to put that out there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but there are still some parts of this movie that confuse even me. And I've watched this movie several, several times. Um, yeah, there are there are scenes that I'm fucking confused. But I still watch it. It's Tetsuo the Iron Man. If you've ever seen that movie, it's fucking confusing as shit. But... <laughs> There's almost no plot. The plot is so basic that you almost sit there wondering what is everything about in this movie. But as for Videodrome, I have no problem with a movie that challenges me. I have, I actually find that to be a great quality for a film to have. Uh, but when you're talking about a movie that I've watched several times since the early 90s, which is when I saw it for the first time, I believe it was like 91, I think I saw it. Um, and, I mean, I still can't figure everything out that I'm watching. It's a bit exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit like the movie Lost Highway. Lost Highway? Fucking confusing as hell, but just not as... It's... Videodrome's not as frustrating as Lost Highway, though. Like, Lost Highway, there. I'm still... I still, to this day, can't tell you everything that's going on in that fucking movie. Um, aside from the fact that Patricia Arquette is fucking hot. But, anyways. You notice I always do that whenever I... Whenever a movie like confuses me or whatever, I'll just dumb it down to, well, at least this one's hot, you know, <laughs> it, to justify, I guess, why I watch the movies. I don't know. Um, that said, this is a movie that also holds a special spot for me. I do own it on VHS and DVD. Um, I do enjoy it a lot. I enjoy a lot of what this movie has to offer. Like I said, um, this amazing special effects. Uh, the old school Betamax videotapes. It's always nice to see those. And the old VHS tapes and whatnot. Uh, James Woods being James Woods. No complaints here. Debbie Harry, she's very attractive. But like I said, it, her acting is solid as well. So that, that absolutely helps. Uh, we've got blood. We've got torture. Kinky S&M. Ear piercings during a sexual encounter. Hands being eaten off by stomach vaginas. Uh, a dude explodes because the stump of his hand was basically a grenade. Lots of smoking. Old school Toronto as backdrop for a dude whose entire body becomes a heaping mess of flesh and cancerous looking mush. Oh, and I can't forget the Samurai Dreams. Samurai Dreams, the Asian porn at the very beginning of the movie. Where, you know, where the Asian girl, she like undresses her dildo because it was dressed up in a suit. And then she pleasures herself. Yeah, this happens in the movie. Confusing or not, there is a shit ton to love here. So, it's not a perfect movie. But it's fun nonetheless. The mind is a labyrinth. And Cronenberg likes to see just how lost he can drive your mind into that maze. While Rick Baker gives it his version of a Bob Ross touch to it. Or not. Um, Podcast Zero rating, 8 out of 10. It's an eight. Uh, it's not a perfect movie. Like I said, it's confusing at times. But the the body horror in it is great. Uh, the pacing's not bad either. I mean, it's just... Uh, I think it runs just, un, just under or just over 90 minutes. Like, it's a 90-minute film, right? So it's perfect. It, it doesn't run too long. The pacing's good. The effects, amazing. The music is great. James Woods being James Woods. Can't complain. It's an 8 out of 10. And on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I apologize for being gone for a while. Uh, the world is fucked, and I needed to make sure I was back on track. I need to get my head back in the game. Um, it's a violent world we live in, but fuck it. 
It's not. It, the show must go on. The show must go on. I, I'm going to continue to do this show uh, because there are people that do listen, and there are people that look out for the show, and so that's what I'm, I'm doing it for you guys, right? So, where to find the show? You know, someone says, "Hey, you know, thanks for introducing me to this show. Where can I subscribe? Where can I find it? You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify." Uh, Castbox, FM Player, all there's basically anywhere you can stream podcasts. I don't think the show is on Podbean though, but it's on a lot of other. You can find it. It's very easy to find. Do a Google search for it, and you'll find it somewhere. Or just go to the Next Level Network, nextlevelnetwork.com/slash/podcast-zero. It's right there. You can find it right there. Uh, you can also find it at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com. Uh, if you want to email the show, you want to request a movie, you want to tell me how you enjoyed an episode or you thought it was shit or whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to just chit-chat and shoot the breeze. You can get a hold of me at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero at gmail.com. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. On Instagram, Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero, and on Twitter, oh, the most toxic of all social media fucking forums, at least in my opinion. I don't know. I see a lot of shit on there. I'm like, shut up, people. Um, <laughs> um, on Twitter at WLB podcast underscore zero. Okay, so Lurker's Recommendation. I haven't played it yet myself, but it pulled me in, so I bought it. And I will be playing it sometime this week or next. Because next week I'm on vacation from my day job, so I have lots of time to kill. So anyways, a game recently came out called Hunt Down. Uh, It was released on PS4, PC, and I believe even Xbox. Uh, and it's it's a love letter to action movies from the 90s in terms of, and also uh, the old side scrolling video games of the 80s and 90s like contra and whatnot um, it, it looks like that it looks awesome it looks like a lot of fun so thought I would recommend that it's the next episode oh so you want to know what the next episode is okay so the next episode episode 74. Going back in time to the 90s. Um, This was actually a movie that... And one of the choose your own hells uh, that I did on the Facebook page. I put this show, this movie up against another movie. The other movie won. So now I'm going back and I'm going to do this movie. Because I did want to talk about this movie. And it didn't happen at that time. The movie I'm talking about is Dr. Giggles. I'll be doing Dr. Giggles over the next episode. And then after that, things are going to get a little different on the show. I will be incorporating guests again on the show. Hopefully, should everything fall into place, fall in line and whatnot. For several episodes this summer, I plan on having some special guests on the show. So, next episode will be Dr. Giggles, but then the episode after... If everything falls in line and goes according to plan, I will have a guest with me. So, good things are on the way, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to close out with a track by Carpenter Brut. Um, that's another recommendation I might add is Blood Machines. or is it? Yeah, it's Blood Machines. Um, I was going to say Bloody Machines, but I believe it's Blood Machines. From Shudder, uh, it's Carpenter Brut. Um uh, three-part film it kind of they did like critters uh the the critter series a new binge which could have been a full-length movie and instead they broke it up into episodes it did the same thing with this um so it's like three parts as opposed to just being a full movie that would have been an hour long um i don't know it was still it was rather interesting it's really good so that's uh that's another recommendation actually we'll throw that in there Anyways, that's about it for me. Going to close out this show with some music. And next episode, we'll be talking about Dr. Giggles. So take it easy, everyone. Please um, stop the violence. But I get it. You know, 
it's kind of fucking weird. It's like one of those things where it's like it's half a one six. What is it? A half a dozen of one six of the other kind of thing. Whatever. I, I get it, but I, it's it's shitty. Man, this fucking world sucks. 2020, the year where we're proving that hindsight is not 2020 vision. Because when you think about it, all this shit has happened to us before. And we had to learn a goddamn thing. We are literally repeating history, people. It's, it's time we smarten the fuck up. But we won't. And everything is going to continue to repeat itself. Loop after loop after loop. Anyways. Enough of me. On to some music. And thank you for tuning in. Everyone, be good. Drink some blood. I don't know. I, I really got to think of some, some way to end this fucking show. Drink some blood actually sounds good. Drink some blood. Have a Bloody Mary. No. I was never a Bloody Mary guy. All right. I'm shutting up. Music now. Bye. Bye.